the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. While you were there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss, but I'm excited to kick off the program with the author of a brand new autobiography called One Hit Wonder, The Real-Life Adventures of an Average Guy and Lessons He Learned Along the Way, and the author of that. And the man himself is Kevin Kehoe, who is a self-described average guy who has achieved the extraordinary through discipline, diligence, effort, and courage. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Yeah, Shalom. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. So um, I uh, first of all, I respect your, your humility because um, I know you've worked in a number of different industries, including hotel, restaurant, business consulting, and software industries. You've done quite a bit with several uh, degrees, and you've been a nationally recognized consultant for more than 35 years. But um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, that sort of uh, led to, uh, to the writing of this book, One Hit Wonder. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I think I wrote the book really at the, you know, I'm 67 years old. I'm at the end of my career, so to speak. And, you know, we just sold the software company and I like projects. And so I wrote the book uh, kind of entertain. In other words, people might read it and say, I can't believe that guy did all that stuff uh, and survived, but also some lessons along the way um, that I learned about how to deal with people, because I think ultimately in business um, to, to, to master your relationships and communications with people, whether it's presentation or listening, is, is everything. And that means, first of all, you kind of have to master yourself, right, who you are. Um, and, and so along the way, you know, the very last thing that I did really was, you know, you talk about creating jobs. We created over 150 jobs with Aspire Software, um, you know, a, really a, a great success at the end of the career and, you know, it was almost a little bit of doctor heal thyself, right? After 30 years of consulting to actually go out there and do it um, was was a wonderful experience to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know on the personal uh, side, you're a husband, father, and cancer survivor who loves motorcycles, playing golf, and surfing. I don't know how you have had time to do that while uh, juggling, again, that, that busy career. So one hint, wonder, what is, that, uh, what is the premise of the, uh, of the book? Uh, the, there's a theory, or not a theory, the premise of the book underlies is that we sort of underrate the one-hit wonder. In other words, uh, you hear 
on the on the radio uh, a song that you don't that you know, but you don't recall the artist, and you ask, and then someone appends to that. Well, they were a real one-hit wonder, as if that was the only thing they ever did in their lives. Uh, and the whole premise is that's unlikely the only thing they ever did. It was the one shiny example they had, but um, they they probably created lots of other songs. Many of them they may, maybe even liked better. And so the premise is real. There's this underlying sort of quiet hero who gets to work, gets up every day, works hard. And you know what? I, I'd, I'd kill to be a one-hit wonder, as I said in the book. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's easy when you're uh, when you're uh, looking at somebody to uh, to sort of judge. Um, and I hate to – I try – to, uh, to, to, to not be the judge. And I know my mother-in-law is probably listening and we always joke, don't sit in judgment, we always say, but it's easy to look at somebody and uh, immediately come up with a, uh, some conclusions about, wow, they're a real success. Um, but I know, uh, Kevin, in your, in your book, again, it's called uh, One Hit Wonder, The Real Life Adventures of an Average Guy and Lessons He Learned Along the Way. You talk with some, uh, with some uh, candor about the many challenges that you've had as well, uh, marriage, divorce, parenting, friendships, regrets, and dreams. So, you know, when you say one hit wonder, if you don't mind, give us a glimpse behind uh, behind that uh, sort of one hit wonder. What are some of the, the lessons that you've gone through in life that our entrepreneurs that might be tuning in to get down to business uh, on this Sunday evening or whenever you might be uh, downloading the podcast, maybe can can learn from your own experiences? Yeah, I mean, I think on the entrepreneurial side, um, it, success in, in my estimation, and you know, we've ended up raising a lot of capital to create that business and others, is really gets down to the people with whom you associate. So I think one of the great lessons I learned is who are your friends uh, and, and, and those with whom you are closest to. Um, and it's a small group. And I think you need to learn that early is that you trust, but you verify, so to speak. Um, and that, you know, the, the right people at the right time can make all the difference in, in anything. I, I think secondly is, you know, you have to be prepared for disappointment. Um, it, it's going to happen. I mean, people will potentially throw you under the bus, even your partners. I mean, there is a, there is a shelf life to certain relationships. And I think it's very natural in an entrepreneurial business is, you know, when you start the, the two or three of you in the beginning are certain people, but five years later, the business is a very different animal. And some of the guys and gals haven't changed, right? Which creates the need for some hard decisions about, you know, who stays and who goes. And I think every entrepreneur has to be prepared for that, right? Is that that's just the real truth in the life cycle of any business. Absolutely. Um, Very interesting. Um, So, uh, again, sticking on that sort of business and uh, entrepreneurship theme, and I, I would be remiss if on a business program I didn't uh, talk to you about some of your experience in uh, the specifically the software industry, which I find actually very interesting. I know you uh, you co-founded Aspire Software. Um, so, uh, what what are you seeing in the in the industry right now in this sort of rapidly evolving world where we're working remotely, and uh, and and I know that you you uh, you you were an early adapter of uh, of cloud based uh, mobile platforms. So what are you just seeing overall that uh, that maybe you can uh, lend your subject matter expertise to our listeners? Yeah, I, I mean, I really think that's that particular thing has only accelerated, right? Even just the new phones coming out, the capabilities they had 
now today we we didn't have six seven years ago we started the software in fact we had to write that in in code and now we don't have to and so software is continues to get what i call lighter and lighter in terms of how you code it and use it uh, and i really think that you know this this concept and i can only say this shalom because you know the valuation we got from the people who bought us was really based on the fact that we were masters of a niche right we really knew our particular niche and we had a product that was able to help those entrepreneurs or those managers in that niche really manage their business from back to front right from a sale to an invoice and everything in between and have it all in one database in the cloud mobilely accessible notification abundant if you will right um and i think that's continue that's going to continue where it goes um there there's really no no end in my mind's eye to 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 that trend um and i think if you're an entrepreneur or you're a- anyone in any business you know that that particular ability is going to be even more greatly enhanced as we're able to do what i call better you know data mining and bi right business intelligence tools are really going to help the average average person whether a manufacturer or a contractor run their business very tightly cost efficient and most important customer aware uh absolutely very interesting insights um from a man that uh, again co-founded an an early uh adaptation of uh of cloud-based uh software for the landscape industry uh, an industry that you might not associate with the uh, high advances in technology but um the man is uh, Kevin go ahead you wouldn't associate it with you and there it is an average industry that that is really taking advantage of this type of software absolutely i love it and I'm, again i'm chatting with Kevin Kiho uh the uh, author of his autobiography one hit wonder the real life adventures of an average guy and lessons he learned along the way so um Kevin we're coming to a conclusion in our conversation over here and uh I certainly want to make sure that our listeners know where they can pick up a copy um of the book um uh, which uh is a fantastic read and I know was just published about a month ago November 2021 Kevin where can people learn more about you and purchase a copy of this fantastic read There are two places for Shalom. Number 1 is our website. It's onehitwonder.site that will get you to our website. You can learn about the book, the author, uh and reviews and then also you go direct to Amazon. Type in one hit wonder you'll find the book. You can buy it in both places. Fantastic. The book is again called One Hit Wonder: The Real Life Adventures of an Average Guy and Lessons You Learned Along the Way from Kevin Kehoe. Kevin, I really appreciate you sharing um your expertise. and your experiences and your story with our listeners and I look forward to following um you and the progress of this book in the uh, in the coming years ahead. Thank you so much. Hello, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And when we return I'm going to be joined by uh, Dean Lindsay as we continue our conversation all about small business, jobs and entrepreneurship. You could download all of our podcasts and all of our shows on our website shellandkline.com. But Chicago, don't touch that dial. We will be right back here on AM 560. Well, welcome back to Get Down to Business as promised. I am joined by Dean Lindsay, an award-winning business book author, skilled business culture consultant, and a powerful keynote speaker. He has helped build, engage, progress-based sales leadership and customer service cultures for many, many companies far too numerous to list, but they include New York Life, Nestle, Marriott, and so many others. 
and I can relate to him because uh, as a fellow marathon runner, I know that we we bring that uh, that constant perseverance and resiliency to the table, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Dean, welcome to the program. Hey, honored to be on, Shalom. Oh, absolutely. It's an honor to have you. So uh, your, uh, your book is called uh, Progress Leadership, Say No to Change Management. That is an interesting premise indeed. I want to talk about it, but Dean, um, before we get there, I want to talk about you. So uh, tell us about your background and how it led to all of the things that I just mentioned in your bio and how it led to this fantastic read, uh, Progress Leadership. I've always been intrigued with psychology and the psychology of how uh, humans make decisions. Um, I even kind of met a focus in college on a course that had persuasion, and that became a an emphasis of, of my uh, degree, persuasion, and how we're persuaded in different uh, arenas. I also um, uh, really enjoyed the stage and performing and kind of just weave those two uh, together. And then um, as I look more and more at what does propel people to act, because when we talk about leadership or sales or customer service, um, everything really comes down to uh, somebody acting or and, and then if you're in the sales, you're trying to encourage them to take those actions. Uh, you know, you're trying to step out in the marketplace and find a way that you can you know, be of service and support your family. And that's where we ended up. But I've been doing it a long time now. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's a great read. The book came out October 2021, and I'm sure all of our listeners will be uh, running to their nearest uh, bookstore, but certainly going on Amazon. We'll, we'll talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. And it's it's received um, some fantastic accolades, including um, from the VP and Chief People Officer of Southwest Airlines, who said that uh, she recommends this book to HR professionals, business leaders, sales leaders, and anyone who's trying to not only navigate the business world today, but also succeed in it. So let's talk about change management. Change management has sort of come to include anything from altering work culture, embracing diversity, which we'll talk about later in this program, modifying work tasks, and improving company morale and loyalty. So why do you say, say no to change management? Well, it's a false label. It's a false term. It's, it's not what's really happening in the organization. It's definitely not an inspiring uh, phrase. Nobody wants to change, and they certainly don't want their change managed. So by positioning the new initiative as, as a change management initiative, you're already you're already doing yourself a disservice. And the next step that the organization takes is towards progress. So it's not pro, it's not change; it's progress. It's progress leadership, not change management. So I'm not necessarily. I mean, in the title of the program, uh, you know, people are going to still use the term change management. I'm saying shalom that anybody who's doing change management right is really doing progress leadership. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a different approach to a progress leadership. And um, and you are a big fan of that letter P um, because in the <laughs> book, Progress Leadership, you provide that uh, a powerful blueprint, a fresh blueprint for leading in today's complicated world. And indeed, it is a world of radical and constant change. Um, but you recommend six P's of progress. And I know we don't have a ton of time, but I really want to cover them. Um, and uh, just to whet the appetite of our listeners, um, Dean, can you talk about um, what those six P's are? Well, yes. Uh, Shalom, what I'm saying when in discussing the six P's of progress, which is really kind of the middle two, you know, the middle part of the book, is that everything we do, everything we do as humans, consciously or subconsciously, 
We do because we we believe the perceived consequences of those actions will be us feeling the unique right mixture to us of this of the six P's of progress: pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain avoidance, and power. So if you're trying to sell somebody something, if you're trying to uh, lead people towards a certain decision, you're whether you know it or not, are, are trying to get them to feel to, to, to say, hey, I'm going to feel some unique mixture of those six P's of progress by uh, doing that action. I mean, even customer service. The reason we provide great customer service is to offer that customer peace of mind. And the, the, the customer gets peace of mind, which then leads to them having customer loyalty, which then leads to us having profit and peace of mind and avoiding pain of trying to find out where we're getting our next client. So everything still rolls back to those six P's, whether we consciously uh, call it that or not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So again, those six P's, um, peace of mind, pleasure, profit, prestige, pain avoidance, and power, um, which is uh, it sort of uh, really the, the the summary. Again, we're not sharing, sharing all the secrets of this book um, because we want people to pick it up. But uh, no doubt, uh, everybody wants to uh, achieve their desired outcome in whatever line of work you are in. It really doesn't matter whether you're in uh, those companies that I mentioned earlier, Nestle, Marriott, Gold Gyms, uh, or, or any others. The reality is that everybody is looking for uh, one of those uh, one of those areas. So, Dean, I, I would be remiss if, in having this conversation, um, as we as we talk about uh, progress leadership um, with a very skilled uh, business culture consultant and uh, and uh, business leader uh, such as yourself, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced in your own life that, for the entrepreneurs tuning in from Chicago and around the world? Um, that maybe you want people to avoid, um, to sort of avoid those landmines and step away from, what advice can you share? Well, there's so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, one of the things it really is the to understand that there are so many different, quote unquote, good ways to invest your time, but you can't do and have everything. So the more, and I, I really come back to it, a quote by Pat Benatar, she sang this in the song Invincible. With the power of conviction, there is no sacrifice. So one of the things that I needed to do when I, you know, committed that I was going to, you know, write this book or even, you know, in the packaging of the book is there's a lot of things that I didn't get to do during that period of time. But I had to have the power of conviction that the things that this book was going to lead to, both for me and the people that were going to read it, was worth more to me than whatever short-term benefit I was going to get from some other activity. So, you know, we always talk about the actions that need to be uh, taken, but it's conviction that leads to commitment and commitment that leads to action. And we have tons and tons of people who are trying to sell us on their ideas and things that we should do with our life. And it's very rarely that we uh, invest enough time to sell ourselves on our goals. And the way you're going to sell yourself on your goals is not to remind yourself about the goal, but the why behind the goal, which is some unique mixture of those of those six Ps. So um, it's, it really does come down to continuing, continuing to not just know your why, but grow your why. 
Absolutely. And uh, again, I'm chatting with the author of Progress Leadership Say No to Change Management. That author is uh, Dean Lindsay, and it's a really, really great read. We've been chatting over the past uh, 10 minutes or so about uh, about some of the some of the uh, uh, six P's, um, which are uh, which are uh, ways to enhance opportunities. Uh, and it's uh, it, it's really a it's it, it's a change, but it's saying no to change management. It's a change from thinking in in that terms to thinking about progress. So speaking of progress, um, Dean, uh, right before we uh, we share that website and how people can pick up a copy of the book, what is the progress that you're hoping your that you're hoping your readers will sort of take away after they read the book? What's the what's the what's what's the what's the takeaway and the next steps that you're hoping that they'll put in place? Well, I hope that everyone who reads this book, whether they're reading it for themselves or they're reading it to lead people or quote unquote sell, which I see a huge overlap between sales and leadership, see that they have a lot available in their quiver. It's not all, you know, there's there's such a thing as pain avoidance leadership, you know, my way or the highway. And what we need to realize is that there's many other ways to inspire or influence and persuade uh, people as well. And then the same thing for ourselves. If we have things we say we want to do and then we do things, well, sometimes those two don't line up and we need to understand that there's a reason. There's always a reason. And it, it comes down to the perceived consequences of those actions. You know, somebody might say, man, that person had no reason to do to, to do that certain thing. Well, I know they had a reason because they did mm-hmm. it. They yeah. did it. Well, well, I don't want to share all the secrets in the book because uh, no doubt uh, people want to pick it up and learn a lot more. Now, you've got a website, and I know that the book is available in a lot of places. Dean, where, they, where can they learn more about you as well as Progress Leadership? Well, that Amazon.com um, website thing, y'all heard of that? That's the book. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's on Amazon. I'm jazzed about that. And uh, Dean Lindsay. Uh, dot com and honored to say that it just won business class news editor's choice book of the year fantastic well uh i know all of our listeners will want to pick up a copy deanlindsay.com and of course progress leadership on amazon we've got to squeeze in a quick break we'll be back and get down to business in just a moment Back to get down to business. This show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Connect with our amazing sponsors of this program. It's Tom Mirabali from HealthPlanChicago.com. He is the all-around guru and health insurance, Affordable Care Act expert that you need to talk to in this month of December as you plan for the year ahead of 2022 for all of your health insurance and again, Affordable Care Act questions and needs. But speaking of preparation for 2022, um, you know, the new year isn't just about crash diets and exercise regimens. It's really also about setting professional resolutions. As we embrace whatever the new year brings, LinkedIn is more important than ever, especially realizing that uh, COVID certainly has uh, has changed things um, and it has changed things for uh, possibly for, for the future. Professionals have to maintain an online presence similar to a digital resume. And to accomplish those resolutions, I would propose that you set out to create a better LinkedIn profile in 2022. So let me talk about that. A couple of things that I think you can do literally even in the next few hours as you move into the week. You don't need to move. wait until uh, New Year's to do this. By now, you should know that having a photoless LinkedIn profile will not get you very far at all. Research indicates that LinkedIn profiles with photos will get 21 times more views and 36 times more messages 
However, any photo is not enough. Research also indicates that someone's first impressions from your photo likely sticks for long periods. This includes even after you meet in person. When you go to choose a photo, after an image with a professional tone for your industry and your niche, your photo doesn't necessarily have to be a stereotypical headshot. Some of the best LinkedIn profile tips for uh, 2022 include field photos. For example, if you're an engineer, a photo of you out in the field would suffice. Another LinkedIn profile example would be a snapshot of you speaking on stage, speaking at an event. If you take the field photo route, make sure you're easily identifiable in the photo. Plus, make sure your photo is in high resolution. Next tip that I have for you is create an eye-catching headline. About how many people do you think share the same job title? Maybe 100,000? 1 million? A headline should be more than just about your current position. It should be your selling point. Moreover, the best LinkedIn profiles for 2022 will include novel headlines. A LinkedIn headline introduces you in 120 characters to provide a snapshot of your professional brand. Using strategic keywords and descriptors in your in headline will help your profile appear higher in LinkedIn searches. This will help your profile be found by hiring managers, recruiters. So let me tell you about a couple of the great LinkedIn headlines that I looked up prior to this program. Senior SEO consultant and founder at TechBiz, premium SEO services for enterprises, Google certified digital marketing specialist, web developer, help companies rank number one on Google, and the list goes on and on. The third tip that I have for you is create a summary statement. Summary statement of you uh, uh, or your about section takes what you state in your headline and gives it depth. The best LinkedIn profiles for 2022 continue to sell themselves, but with greater context beyond your photo and your headline, which we've talked about. Summaries are the first item people will view on your profile. Provide the introductory information employers will need to determine if you qualify as a candidate or potentially as a business partner. You can mention your title, its description, brief experience, and goals moving forward. However, like anything, selling yourself has no room for mediocrity. When learning how to create a LinkedIn profile for the new year, you want to state all of this in an intriguing yet concise way. Furthermore, you don't have to stick to one type of summary. Instead, narrow it down to a couple LinkedIn profile examples, and I'll post uh, those examples on my website. And uh, But in a nutshell, they uh, fall into the mission-based uh, summary, which would spin your summary with the intention of how you can help the employer or the business. Many of these types of summaries deal with clients. Then there's the personality. The personality is the more creative of the three, which tells uh, others a unique story about how you got into your industry. A word of caution, you don't, don't want to make it too lengthy. And then there's the short and sweet, which uh, basically gets right to the point. Recruiters, other business professionals probably look at 100 profiles, resumes, and summary statements a day to give them the necessary information that they need in a concise format. Uh, the fourth tip that I have for you is along with a headshot, a background image for your LinkedIn header is another great LinkedIn profile tip for the new year. Only 20% of people remember what they read, while 80% of people remember what they see and do. Therefore, to be remembered, it's best to take a visual approach when you can. Choose an image that demonstrates your personal brand interests and an image that's relevant to the industry you are in. Several different websites exist across the web that gives you free templates and photos. When choosing a design, be sure it has a high resolution and it looks professional. If you choose to incorporate text, check to see if any of it is cut off before publishing. And final, final tips for you is I want you to showcase your professional work. Think of your LinkedIn profile as your professional portfolio. Utilize the project section on your LinkedIn profile for showcasing the work that's related to your profession. Upload media, presentations, and videos to showcase your projects, publications, coursework, 
or volunteer experience and reconnect with old colleagues and managers to receive references and endorsements. That's the final tip that I have for you. After sending connections to colleagues and managers, consider asking for a reference or an endorsement. A reference is simply a professional recommendation featured at the bottom of your LinkedIn profile. An endorsement is a uh, connection indicating that you excel in a particular skill. Both items help boost professionalism. If you find yourself scrolling through job boards, applying to positions and not hearing anything back during the job search, um, even if you know how to create a LinkedIn profile, consider stepping away from the job boards and contact um, your nearest community organizations because it is ultimately all about networking. Um, all of the advice that I've shared so far, it's really all to be helpful and it's really just a tool, but I wanna see you get out there and develop your networking plan for 2022. I hope you found this information helpful. Uh, please get in touch with me at shalomkline.com. That's where I post all of the uh, all of the podcasts, all the shows, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. We're gonna be right back with more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that down. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I am so excited to be joined by the CEO and president of a Chicago-based company um, that's involved in something certainly very important and certainly something very timely as we talk about all of the many supply chain disruptions, um, but also, um, again, a uh, fantastic Chicago-based business. So I'm very excited to be joined by the one, the only, Lou Sandoval, from, uh, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Supply Hive. Lou, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome. Absolutely. No, it's a pleasure to have you. So um, I want to start by talking about you um, to get to know the person behind the microphone. We'll, of course, then learn more about Supply Hive. And I'd really love to get to know your perspective on what's going on in the industry. But Lou, as I mentioned, you are the you are the CEO of Supply Hive, um, a technology company that's providing supplier performance management software. How did you get into this line of work? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I've kind of had, had a sort of... Um, and well, kind of interesting career, we'll say not sorted, but more of an interesting career. Um, he did my career in thirds. First third was in biotech and pharma. The middle third was in consumer goods um, and we'll call it luxury items. Uh, we, I, I actually owned a marine dealership in, um, in the Midwest that covered a seven state area. So kind of an interesting uh, kind of segue and switch over. And then um, the, prior to coming on board here to Supply Hive, I actually uh, built a technology brand for a very large manufacturer here in the Chicagoland area, Brunswick Corporation, uh, where we kind of, you know, developed a product that uh, connected their, the, the company with their consumers, uh, tech, a tech platform. And then um, it was asked by the investors to come on board here in January of this year to help lead the scaling of this company, um, Supply Hive. So, you know, having led a multidisciplinary team with Brunswick, um, you know, a tech team, a marketing team, sales team, um, you know, um, it, it you know, and having had a history of scaling companies and, and building strong brands, um, I guess they, they thought I was the, I, it was a good resume and a good uh, a good series of background to kind of take this company to the next level. I love it. And I remember hearing your name at, uh, at Brunswick uh, at the time. And um, now you are certainly ramping up at Supply Hive. And in fact, uh, during the summer and the fall, you've uh, secured uh, over two, two million uh, seed rounds of uh, of, uh, of investment, um, and, uh, and that's fantastic. And you are really a, a fantastic example 
of, uh, of minority-owned uh, businesses and uh, trying to set the standard for Chicago and around the country. And we'll perhaps get into that a little bit more. But uh, tell us a little bit about Supply Hive and what you do. And, and uh, I know you've got some exciting, uh, exciting things going on with McDonald's, I believe. Right, right. Yeah, so, you know, Supply Hive's a pretty um, interesting company. Uh, so uh, we've been around since 2018, and we're kind of the brainchild of of the founder, Mike Anguiano, who's uh, of Hispanic origin as well, uh, uh, Mexican-American. And, um, you know, this is Mike's second, um, we'll call it second creation in this in this space. His previous company, CVM, was sold to a private equity firm um, in a successful exit. Um, and, um, you know, that that one dealt primarily in supplier diversity and, and you know, basically uh, supplier div- diversity enrichment. So basically c- connecting companies with diverse suppliers. Um, so this um, this product line kind of goes to the next level um, in really creating um, using performance data from the supplier, we'll call it universe, uh, for companies to help them drive the performance in their in their uh, in their organization. And you know, about eighty five percent of a company's gross revenue is you know flipped back around in expenditures to suppliers. So is you can probably imagine it's a, a very um, hot area of being able to kind of control the the success or the failure of, a, of, a, of an individual company. Absolutely, that, that's so important. So uh, again, I know that there was some uh, some recent news that Supply Hive is gearing up as McDonald's trusted partner right. uh, to help diversify the restaurant's uh, vendor supply chain. So uh, how did that deal come about and what are you hoping as one of the goals of this, uh, of, of this sort of uh, relationship uh, that it's going to do not only for, uh, for McDonald's, but hopefully for the industry as a whole? Well, so it's interesting. So in supplier performance management, we started with McDonald's and their vendor management office, helping them, you know, manage the data with all of their suppliers. And then there's a strong crossover with supplier uh, diversity. Um, The data set's very similar. It's just how do you leverage that data to help both large and small suppliers? And we like to foster the mindset that use of that data, an objective system such as data performance management, um, really kind of sets the supplier free levels of playing field, so to say, between large and small. So what they, you know, so we started helping them in that area. And then, you know, uh, McDonald's is one of those leading edge companies that decided to tie um, a percentage of their executive compensation to directly how they're doing uh, on how they're doing on their DEI, the diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. So they then, the, the next logical step was to use the supply platform to track their entire supplier um, universe and see how each supplier is doing according to their DEI initiatives, meet them where they're at and help them grow upwards, you know, to a level that's equitable uh, for all, you know, to make sure that their boards are diverse, that their management teams are diverse, that they have supplier uh, diversity initiatives in place, et cetera. So that's basically how we um, kind of rolled into it. So it's been an evolving relationship with McDonald's that has really been, uh, we'll call it very collaborative and very developmental at the same time. Uh, absolutely. And, and again, I've said this word now a couple of times, but certainly setting setting uh, the standard and paving the way, which is great. Um, and uh, with uh, with you and your team, uh, again, uh, setting the example around uh, how, how minorities are, are leading the way increasingly in uh, Chicago's uh, business market, but certainly gearing up with companies like McDonald's. And I know that there will be many, many others. Um, and it's not just around uh, Black, Hispanic, uh, Asian, but also around veteran, and uh, that's something very important to me, uh, LGBTQ+, as well as disabled persons, and hopefully um, through the work that, again, uh, our guest, uh, Lou Sandoval from uh, Supply Hive, 
uh, is doing, uh, we will see uh, continued progress in the Chicago market. But on that note, I've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're going to come back in just a moment, continue talking about supply chain. When we return on Get Down to Business, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Get down to business. Uh, I'm Michelle Klein. I'm thrilled to be rejoined by Lou Sandoval from Supply Hive. We've been chatting a little bit about some of the news in the world of Supply Hive, which is a again a technology company that's prov- that provides supplier performance management (SPM) software designed to help corporations improve efficiency by centralizing, standardizing, scaling, and automating the supplier performance process. So, Lou, uh, before the break, we've been chatting a little bit about. Uh, the work that uh, that you've done and uh, the work that Supply Hive is doing, um, but you know every one of our listeners has certainly seen. You can't open up a uh, uh, turn on your TV, read the newspaper without seeing about the supply chain disruption. So, as a leader in this space, what are you seeing, and is there an end or some hope in sight? You know what? It, I think there is hope in sight. You know, and um, I think there were a lot of companies that were kind of t- we'll call it they were teasing with digital transformation. Um, and I think what um, what this uh, pandemic has really exposed for a lot of people is how you have to be very forward looking. And yeah, you, you can't, you know, think about the rainy day, you have to start planning for the rainy day. And I think the best way to do that is through digital transformation. Obviously, one of the challenges that we're seeing right now is not only supply chain um, shortages, but we're also seeing a talent shortage. So on two different fronts, digital, digital transformation can deliver for companies. And in supply chain, um, in the supply chain net, uh, network and supplier performance management procurement for large companies, we're actually seeing a push forward, a rush forward, we'll say, towards digital transformation transformation using these platforms such as Supply Hive to better build relationships with their suppliers so they get caught with less ahas and surprises when when there are dips and turns. And you know, we've had some dips and turns in the last decade, you know, between um not only or like decade and a half between not only the, you know, the recession, but now, you know, the the pandemic, uh, which has created challenges for people. So I think you're seeing that um the real push for digital transformation. Secondly, you're seeing a real big move on, uh, on on making sure that they're using technology platforms to supplement and augment uh, their workforce gaps. So that's where no I think that a platform like ours helps as well. No question about it. Absolutely. You heard it here. Uh, Lou Sandville from uh, Supply Hive sees the end in sight, but I agree with you 100%, Lou, um, that it's uh, it's beyond just the supply chain. It is also that talent, um, that talent gap and the talent management piece. Um, which is a challenge in uh, organizations like Supply Hive are assisting with that. So, um, Lou, we're running out of time. And in our final minute here on the program, uh, I want to go back to that topic that we talked about before the break, which is uh, minority-owned businesses. I know that uh, Supply Hive has recently received and secured um, six diverse investors and two two million seed rounds. Um, what's the benefit of investing in minority-owned businesses from your perspective? You know what? One thing I think if you heard ask a lot of investors and venture capitalists that minority businesses offer is we're used to bootstrapping businesses. So we're going to be probably more frugal than not in the management of the money that's invested in our company. Because in most cases, when we do start businesses, we end up kind of using our own money or we use friends and friends and family money and to get those off the ground. So when we do bring institutional investment money in, you're going to see a lot more. Um, well, not, I'm not going to say a lot more, but you'll see a better attention to to how it's spent. Um, we look at it as if it's coming out of our own bank account, 
Um, in, in those cases, it is. But, um, but, you know, that's one thing that you'll see. But more importantly, it creates generational wealth. You know, investing in diverse businesses creates the next generation of of wealth and, and and generational wealth is really one of the biggest liberators that you can have for um, you know vertical integration in a society, mm-hmm. but more importantly in um, you know in in creating those opportunities for different underserved communities. Absolutely, and I've learned a lot in this conversation with Lou Sandoval from uh, the Chief Executive Officer of Supply Hive, uh, diverse experiences, um, but diverse business as well, and uh, enjoyed the conversation. And Lou, I know our listeners will want to learn more about Supply Hive. Where can they find out more? Thanks, Shalom. Um, so they can go visit us at www.supplyhive.com or visit any one of our social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, where we, we cross post on a lot of different things. So um, Awesome. Love- well, Lou, thank you so much for joining us on the air. I look forward to following your progress over there at Supply Hive um, closely over the coming weeks and months. Um, that's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get to my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.